You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character, while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 60 of Twitch Tales New Journeys. Where did we leave off in episode 59? Well, we've left at a bit of a crossroads as to what to do, haven't we? In episode 59, we uh, began in the mayor's office, having just heard from Nira, uh, Vala's assistant, that she may have had something to do with that necromancer old chap in the woods. Uh, having learnt from them that uh, there's potential for reincarnation or, or, or resurrection from the, ne the necromancer, and perhaps we can save more than just Vala, we went to the PEA to see how everyone is. Uh, we we played the panpipes for a bunch of people who were uh, a little upset and mourning, uh, particularly the loss of Mark. And we weren't actually garbage at the panpipes for once. It was an average. It was an average roll. I think we got like a twelve or something. Um, we slept at Briar's place to give her some um, to give her some company uh, at this hard time for her. And then the next day we went uh, at, at dawn on at uh, on the morning of. Apis's birthday, no less, we uh, we went to the resurrection ritual for Vala. We stood around a circle of stones and uh, and, and Polython, the uh, head druid of the Penkwempur and Anglesheth uh, guild, had set out this uh, reincarnate ritual using tinctures and salves and herbs and spices and incense and a whole bunch of rare materials that cost like a thousand gold pieces. But hey, it's expensive to give somebody an entirely new body. And give somebody a body, it did. She, uh, uh, Her body was laid in the center, Vala, and uh, and then it was wrapped in this swirling cocoon of vegetation uh, that that fell away and, rolling randomly, I, uh, I, was, I gave her the new body of pretty much what she already had, a, uh, a, a relatively short human uh, woman. She... Um, she came to consciousness, uh, having success succeeded to return uh, as part of the ritual. Apis uh, offered up a one of their vials of dragon blood, um, which uh, which counted as a success and uh, persuaded her soul to return to her body, her new body. And when she came to, she was a little groggy. Her head is um, has now got to remake all of those synapses and uh, and and neural pathways uh, for herself. She's got to get used to being in this new body. So we went to the uh, leather worker of town and thanked him for making armor for our friend Mel. We got her armor slightly adjusted because she told us how it's a little bit uncomfortable in certain areas. He was more than happy to do so. Uh, we met him, his name's Owen, he's a lovely fella. Uh, we decided to hand over to Owen, who is uh, a tanner and a leather worker. We handed over the dragon scales that we had, uh, that we had salvaged, um, harvested from Lucifreak's body. And he, having never worked with dragon scales before, was excited to do so, and so he gave us a decent discount and said that he would make them and tan them into uh, into scale braces for us at the cost of just 15 gold. Uh, we paid 8 now, and we're going to pay 7 upon completion. We went hunting after that for Mark's funeral, acquired a badger, a deer, and some uh, various fungus, um, some mushrooms and things, 
we skinned one of them or started to skin one of them before realizing that it was uh, we were losing the light and we needed to go speak with Vala as soon as we can because if Mark's if Mark's funeral comes and goes and is uh, and Mark gets buried um it's going to be too late to uh, to get him resurrected of course we went to find Vala in the hospital of Fonderg and uh, she was still quite discombobulated we gave her the boar tusk and the crow's feather of the um, the the creatures, the dragon creatures that we'd fought, and that helped to kind of like re remind her of some of her memories. We also gave her a vial of dragon's blood, and given that Vala is a wizard who specialises in blood magic uh, as one of her specialities, this really helped as well helped her as well find who she is and what she uh, what she was all about in her first life. We steered the talk towards talking about the necromancer in the hopes that she might tell us something about him um, and she seemed a little confused at first uh, a little dismissive eventually she realized what we were trying to tell her um, that we knew about the necromancer in the woods and she told us flatly that he can't help us so we left left her in the hospital um, uh, hearing that she would we would see her later today at Mark's funeral at, at dusk and we decided to ask our our dice a question, our little um, uh, augury dice. We had to ask them a question. The question was, would pursuing the necromancer we encountered in the Lannis Woods be able to bring about a resurrection or similar magic without what I would consider to be ne major negative consequence to myself or anyone in the town involved? We have discovered over the, over the usage of these dice that being as specific as possible, lawyer-like, uh, is more likely to get you a useful answer. The answer to that question was a mixed response. Wheel and woe. There was to be both positives and negatives to that plan or to that question. It was kind of a yes and no uh, answer. And that is where we left off. We are a short amount of time away from dusk. Uh, Mark is is to be um, is to be uh, interred at dusk in in whatever way is um, appropriate to his culture. Uh, Mark was a hobbledehoy, uh, a name for half hobbit, half human, and so you're not exactly sure whether he will be buried using uh, human uh, traditions of burial or whether he will be um, whether his funeral will follow that of the hobbit traditions and what what even that entails. You're not sure. So, Apis, it is still your birthday for a few hours. You have a little bit of time before you have to be um, uh, uh, south for um, for Mark's, Mark's funeral. What do you want to do? Apis is 54 years old as of right now, yes. You're going to go back south and help with the food prep. That's right, Tree of Dave, you were, weren't you? You left the uh, you left the boar and the deer that you'd um, that you'd hunted earlier today. You left them only half skinned to go and talk to Vala. So you need to go back south to help with food prep. Unless there's anything else comes up in the chat right now that you guys want to do. Pick up a bun on the way. Yeah, you can go to a bakery, pick up something. Uh, it is quite late in the day, so the bakeries will have uh, only the um, the slightly staler stuff left, I imagine. Do we know where that necromancer is now? The necromancer is deep in the Lannis woods. Um, it, he's uh, several hours away from Fonderg and seemingly has never been a problem for Fonderg. He was only ever uh, dealing with animals and beasts, raising those from the dead. And the one time that you've met this necromancer, he demanded that you leave because you were in danger. He seemed to 
He seemed to be cursed in some way and did not want people around. Apis has come to the conclusion that this necromancer has, has deliberately secluded himself in the woods so as to not be around people. How many arrows do we have? Well, if you see in the inventory below us here, you've got a green number a green number one that is a tranquilizer arrow. You have one arrow that can cast the sleep spell on a creature. Uh, you have four in red. That is the four fire arrows that you have. Those are just regular arrows that are wrapped in the tar from a torch. Um, and so you can dip those into a flame. It will ignite and then you'll be able to fire a fire arrow. Uh, and then you have eight arrows in blue, which are your masterwork arrows. Those are a plus one to attack, but not a plus one to damage. And then on top of those, you have a bunch of regular arrows. You stopped counting after about 37 or so, but you you can keep pulling them out of your magical quiver and uh, it seems to keep replenishing unlimited arrows for you. Could we convince the wizard to dispel the curse or at least to tell us more about it? Well, that's kind of what you were trying before Redial. So you went into uh, to talk to Vala the wizard um, about her situation with the, the necromancer and she, on top of being a little discombobulated, she told us, like flatly, she said, he can't help us. And she didn't necessarily want to talk in front of other company, it seemed. Um, but you've heard that Vala has been trying to help that necromancer um, a little bit already. Pick up a moderately sized cake. It's our birthday after all. Maybe a little something with honey in it as well for Mel. Can't leave our best friend out of our birthday celebrations. Sounds like a good idea. Put a little yes in the chat if you want something from the bakery. Uh, put a no in the chat if you don't, because obviously it's our birthday, but it's also somebody's funeral. Bringing a birthday cake to a funeral might be a little bit weird, but you could also buy it and then leave it somewhere out of sight for the funeral. Also, you don't know how Hobbit celebrations work. It could be that they have cakes and they enjoy food and things. Ooh, okay, a little bit... Uh, yes, buy a cake, but just eat it first. I'll buy it tomorrow. We've already hunted food for the funeral, yeah, but they might, uh, if, if, if it is a Hobbit celebration, um, or a Hobbit, um, not a celebration, a Hobbit event, then it could be that, um, <laughs> you guys are right down the line, I, I didn't realise, I didn't realise buying a cake would be so divisive. Should we buy a birthday cake? We're, we're, we're a short, a short, uh, while away from, um, we're a short while away from the funeral, so if we buy it now, we might have to store it somewhere or what have you. It's also relatively late in the day, so uh, a bakery might have to bake us a cake right from, uh, like, we might have to order for them to bake, bake us a cake, make an order for it. Could always order one to pick up tomorrow, maybe. How much for a cask of ale for the funeral? Yeah, you could buy a cask of ale for the funeral if you really want. Do we know about Hobbit funeral traditions? No, you do not. You can't even roll for it. Hobbits are notoriously secretive about their traditions and outsiders and things. It's The Hobbit language is actually one of the hardest ones to learn, not because it's a difficult language like Primordial, but because there are so few people who know it. Um, they are very secluded about their own cultures. They they keep their, their things to themselves. They're, they're, they're quite open to outsiders like coming and participating in things. They're very hospitable people but they'll only to speak common around others, things like that. So they don't tend to, um, they don't tend to go uh, using their, their, their culture and tradition outside of their own lands usually. <laughs> well done, well done. We get a 50-50 yes, no on buying a birthday cake. 
So I'm going to interpret that. I'm going to choose to interpret that as you go to a bakery, uh, you find out that they have no cake on uh, on the uh, just like in the um, cabinets because it's late in the day. Uh, so you order one for tomorrow. Uh, that way you're not turning up to a funeral with a cake. You still get a birthday cake. You get to eat it tomorrow. There you go. So that's what you do. You will go to uh, you go you go to a baker's with the last of the <laughs> so decisive. Yeah. Welcome to Twitch Tales, everybody. <laughs> You head to a bakery, you uh, you place an order for a birthday cake tomorrow. You guys can choose uh, what sort of a birthday cake it is. Um, uh, keep in mind that we are in sort of a medieval Britain. Um, there's a there's a there's a channel that comes up every so often in my feed on like Instagram or something. That's um, a guy who makes really old uh, um, recipes and stuff. He finds he's found like a book of really old recipes and there's things like tomato soup cake and stuff and he's like taking the piss as he's making it and then usually it ends with him going, Oh my god, that's delicious. <laughs> so I imagine it's something like that. Maybe it's like a tomato soup cake or something that you wouldn't think would work and it's actually really appropriate for the time. Curious how the votes would go if people couldn't see the progress. Yeah, same tree of Dave. If people couldn't see the progress, I don't think we'd get nearly as many fifty fifty votes. All right, um, so we uh, leaving the bakery, we head back to uh, the south of the town. Are we going to buy a beer keg or something as well? Yes or no? We have provided the party, the the wake. We've provided the uh, wake with a bunch of food just in case they wanted um, uh, they wanted food at this wake. They, we, we, we went and hunted deer, boar, deer, boar, and, uh, and a bunch of funguses and stuff. Do we want to buy, do we want to also buy any, um, any beer or anything? It's not, it's definitely not unanimous, but there's quite a few yeses and I'll just put it to a one minute poll, just a real quick, real quick one minute poll. Should we buy slash bring any alcohol? We might be able to find a brewer in town that can do us like a small keg of ale or mead or beer. Uh, yes or no. By the time you've left the bakery, it is starting to get dark. The longer you leave it, the darker it becomes. The darker it becomes, the more chance there is of um, encountering muggers on the streets of Fondurg. It's not an entirely lawless city or anything. There is um, there is a contingent of, um, of knights called the Knights of Kavosna. They are the law enforcement faction of this town. With much more important things to do, we don't want to flash money about. This is getting late. Thieves will be more out soon. There's a lot of prep the funeral needs help with. But with 56% of the vote, we decide, yes, we're going to bring something, some kind of alcohol. All right. Uh, we decide to find a brewer in town to buy some um, buy some ale from. Uh, we will do so. I'll just grab my price thingy my bobs here. Let's see. For a gallon of something, about two silver gallon two gallons three gallon a three gallon keg we'll, we'll take just a three gallon keg um, of something easy enough to find a brewer in town and uh, and we will buy three gallons of ale or mead or something uh, and that'll cost us I'm gonna say seven silver pieces we have six so let's split one of the uh, one of the golds there we hand over seven silver for uh, a three gallon keg and we um, uh, and we and we leave with it now as we're leaving it is definitively dusk yeah. we may even be a little late to the funeral yeah. let's just see with a percentage check what the likelihood is of anyone from the steel's edge watching and waiting and 
mugging. Yeah. All right, you managed to make it uh, out of Fonderg with your keg over your shoulder uh, without getting mugged, without getting approached and mugged or anything. And let's make it a uh, percentage check to see whether or not you are late to the funeral. You arrive there. You arrive uh, at the south of town to the um, to the the Penkampuir and Amgolshed. Um, uh, sorry, not all the way to the Penkampuir. You're not walking quite that far um, before you get to the greenhouse where the PEA live. Uh, you pass by the graveyard of town. You go past past the graveyard and you see that there are a bunch of people there. Um, most of them are uh, around a an empty grave with a coffin next to it, a relatively small coffin, given that he was um, a hobbledehoy, he wasn't uh, very tall in stature. Uh, and the service is underway. It seems like it has only just started, and there are other, a couple of other people arriving as well, but you are just a, a couple of minutes late to the funeral. You see that uh, around, surrounding the um, the coffin and the grave is uh, are just um, mostly humans, uh, you don't see a great deal of hobbits, but there are a couple. Um, you see that there's um, uh, a couple of elder, uh, uh, older hobbits um, nearby. There is, uh, in particular, one older hobbit that is... Um, uh, well, actually, given how hobbits age, you probably wouldn't even look older to Apis's eye. You, um, you, you see that there is an older human, uh, older human man, and uh, a younger... Uh, well probably equally old but not showing it because of the the aging uh, situation uh, uh hobbit woman uh, sitting next to him um they both look stoic and um and sad but neither of them are actively crying at this stage it seems like from their appearance it seems they're probably all cried out stand at the back and listen and it doesn't take um doesn't take very long it's a it's a respectful service um a few nice words are being said about mark and his um his his love of uh, of flowers and uh, his love of plant material in general his his vast interest in all of that you uh, you find that there has been a table put up um nearby for like um refreshments i suppose there's a there's a small small table nearby um, but the main body of the food and things will not be had at this funeral. So you put your beer keg down uh, respectfully uh, nearby and then walk over to the, the group where you listen to these these um, eulogies and things that are being made f uh, about Mark. You remember that you had um, some, some flowers for his funeral. I don't remember where you put those flowers, but for brevity's sake, let's say that somebody brought them along for you on your behalf and hands you them now. You have your flowers that you'd picked on the way to um, uh, on the way to town this morning, and you wait for the service to be over. It seems, from how it's being conducted, that it is predominantly a human uh, service. It seems like he um, he had much more human family here in Fondurg than than Hobbit family, and that has taken precedent over his um, over his uh, uh, his his funeral. The uh, acolyte to Miganesh, uh, god of the the journey between life and death, uh, the Miganesh acolyte uh, heads to the coffin uh, after the eulogies um, and places two copper pieces on top of the funeral with uh, with a black ribbon uh, wrapped around them, the symbol of Miganesh, and then um, and then the pallbearers, as it were, uh, lift the lift the coffin and slowly lower it into the grave. 
this is when um, his, uh, who you assume to be his mother, uh, stands up and walks to the um, the grave as well with uh, something wrapped up, kind of like um, beeswax paper. Uh, something wrapped and she says a couple of words in a language you don't understand and you don't really make it out anyway from standing at the back. Um, but then she kind of like lowers it into the, 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 the pit as well and drops it on top of the coffin. And then people walk over and start... Um, start uh, pouring uh, uh, the dirt into to fill in the grave um, as her, his father walks over and stands next to his mother and sort of puts his arm around her. The It, it doesn't take long for the, the, the grave to be uh, mostly filled in. People have started to turn and walk back to uh, to get back to their, their lives in the town. It's it's getting quite dark now. Um, the eventually only the the only people who are remaining are the people from the Penkampur and Amgleshed Guild, the Druids Guild. Um, Mark's parents um, who stand there and wait for the whole thing to be filled in. Uh, obviously the the grave the the acolytes of Miganash who are doing the the grave filling, um, and the acolyte of Miganash who did the the service for them. What is it you want to do? You're going to stick around. You're going to approach his parents and say anything. Uh, any any respectful words, or do you want to um, do you want to head back towards the the Penkampur and Amical Shed where the wake will be? You are aware from let's say somebody has mentioned it or you've overheard it or whatever that um, uh, that there is uh, going to be a service, uh, sort of an, an after service, um, a wake down at the um, the Penkampur and Amical Shed. Uh, did Vala make it? Yes, you did. You did see uh, Vala. She was there with one of the acolytes of um, uh, Flonanshale, the the goddess of healing, one of the one of the nurses, as it were, had um, accompanied Vala. You walk forward with those flowers in hand, and you place it on the grave, um, and you say your uh, you say your your respects to Mark, and then you turn and offer your condolences to the parents who um, uh, they 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 respectfully acknowledge you and your condolences but they don't they're not really in a talkative mood go find valor and talk in private you could do if you want are we heading are we going to try and talk, uh, talk to valor before she heads back to the hospital um or are we going to go to the um uh, or are we going to go to the wake so put a thumbs up if you want to go and talk to valor see if you can catch her before she goes back to town put a thumbs down if you want to go to go straight to the wake all right it seems like straight to the wake We've already talked to Vala. She needs to rest. Fair enough. Is Vala not going to the wake? No, she's still discombobulated. She's um, she she uh, needs to needs needs rest in order for her brain to to recover from the reincarnation. All right, so we go over, pick up that keg that we've got, um, head uh, south of town a little bit. We um, we walk with a couple of people we don't really recognise, but. Um, uh, protection in uh, in numbers and all that we eventually get to the uh the, the greenhouse where it's been set up and we see that there's a a couple of tables left uh le left out there there's um there's a place where you can uh finish um finish skinning and preparing your uh, animals one of them has the one that you'd partially skinned already uh is finished already and like put on a spit uh let's say that, that was the boar i can't really remember but the deer is still somewhere nearby that you can finish preparation preparation on in case they um in case there's quite a lot of food at this one you do see that there are quite a few more hobbits than you um you saw at the actual funeral it's still predominantly human here um but there are a lot more people at the wake portion than there were at the funeral portion and most of the new people seem to be hobbits um you don't know if that's 
that's particular to this situation and these circumstances or whether that's part of hobbit culture that they um they're, they're much more inclined to turn up to the after party as it were than the the other part whereas briar briar's here briar's definitely um definitely was at the funeral and at the wake as well uh, is there other beer there? There is, yes. You see that there is a table full of different alcoholic beverages. Um, uh, there's there's like a punch bowl and there's a bunch of um, bottles of various different things. Uh, you you head over there and you can see that there's a little bit of elven wine. There's some dwarven whiskies, um, and there's a lot of different a uh, lot of different sort of cocktail-y kind of looking things. That uh, there is a hobbit um, barman, as it were, uh, that is that is tending this table and helping people find. Uh, an alcohol to use if there's an elder among them ask what they know about the necromancer and his curse uh an elder among who exactly the just everybody at the funeral or what we head over to the desk put the put the keg down tell tell uh, this person hey there's so i've got something for the any and he goes oh thank you very much that's uh very generous of you what what's your name you say uh apis apis hive and you're like oh thank you very much apis uh it's always worth having more in case uh, case people get rowdy. And pulls the keg up onto the table. It's almost the size of him. <laughs> he's got like a little stepladder situation to get up to up and down to the table from behind. Um, but he's you've you've left that with him. You um you turn and you head back over to the um, to where you left the deer and you start to prepare that. You um you prepare the animal easily uh i'm not going to make you roll for anything like that you are proficient in stealth you uh, survival rather um you know how to skin an animal uh for food purposes you uh you you've you've lived your whole life as a hunter living on the land and things so uh you you spend a good deal of it uh there's there's music being played um out, out front you there's all sorts of stuff there's there's uh, there's happy voices and uh, and and songs and things it's definitely feels more like a party um a pa- party sort of atmosphere uh you realize that yeah hobbit hobbits have a have a way of um celebrating life uh, after death uh, with 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 imbibing food and alcohol and things uh dancing and all of that you finish uh, your preparations and join the party uh, join the join the wake is there anything you want to do or say or talk to anyone anything that you want to do at this wake otherwise we can uh, we can skip to the evening skip to the the end of the night rather it is already evening take a drink yourself what sort of a drink would you want what what's what's apis drinking tonight there's wine and whiskey and alcohol there's there's uh, there's, there's there's ale and mead there's beer um there's some kind of fruity cocktaily looking thing mead few few people saying mead where do you reckon uh, where do you reckon mel is through all of this do you reckon Mel's just kind of hanging out nearby? Has she gone into the greenhouse proper? I think she'd probably be in the greenhouse, right? She's probably um, probably enjoying the flowers of the greenhouse. Cocktail, go with the special thing. You head over to the uh, the table uh, where the Hobbit was um, giving out the drinks and uh, and ask him uh, what sort of what sort of things good. And uh, and instead of answering you, he asks you a few questions about like um, about how much you enjoy alcohol and like what sort of uh, fruits you've had before and he asks you like a, a, a survey almost um uh, of questions that are only like partially related to drinking and then at the end of that he says i think you'd like that and he puts something together uh, and hands you over like this um this sort of fruity cocktail that's got like a bittery kind of a taste to it um uh, but it's actually pretty pleasant 
Nell's going to get drunk on nectar. We need to keep an eye on her. <laughs> we need to be the sober driver. Mel smelled the fruity drink and got wasted. <laughs> Mel's dancing. Yeah, Mel is. Mel's buzzing around. Uh, she's she's already drunk on the nectar from the from the the, uh, the 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 nearby greenhouse, and she's come out and she's starting flying around, sort of doing a little air dance, buzzing around. Apis, I'm having a good time. All right. If there's nothing else uh, specific that you want to do. Um, during the the wake you just you uh, you celebrate you you uh, you head to briar briar seems like she's in much better spirits um obviously she's still sad but she's the uh, the hobbit in her is uh, is is bringing out this um enjoyment of the the lively festivities at the very least um she kind of seems like waves of of sadness coming over her but um with everybody kind of celebrating there's you 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 kind of overhear as you're passing and dancing and things you you overhear stories being told anecdotes people are laughing about things that mark said or did during his life and all sorts of um just a celebration of his life in general and people saying like oh mark would have loved this and all that sort of stuff and and, and it is more like an a sense of um a sense of a completion uh, of a story rather than like the untimely stopping of a story if that makes sense ask briar why it's mostly humans during the ceremony just out of curiosity um yeah you ask briar that and she says um uh, being that briar was it, it, briar is a hobbit but she was raised by gnomes she says um i i i don't really know i i think mostly i think mostly hobbits um tend to uh, they tend to prefer the after the after party. I think the, the 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 funeral's a little bit too dour for them. It's more of a human thing. No, um, I didn't. I don't mean in offence to humans, of course, but it's it's more of a human thing to to sort of dwell on uh, the death portion of of uh, the end of a person's life. All right. So you um you eat drink and be merry as you can uh given the circumstances and then where are you sleeping tonight are you going back are you going to ask briar if you can sleep at hers again or are you going to um uh, are you going to get your tent and head out into the wilderness uh it's been a while since apis has sort of gotten away from everybody and just slept on their own uh do you want to go back into fondurg and sleep at one of the um one of the hotels or or, or taverns inns there um where do you guys want to stay not Fondurg, just not just anywhere but Fondurg. Camp on our own, Briars. All right, looks like we are not in a an agreement here, so we'll put it to a poll. Where to sleep tonight? How's the weather? Apes could use a recharge. Let's have a look how the weather is. I said it was kind of okay-ish, like on the verge. So let's roll this and see. Uh, yeah, on the verge, it's still like slightly, slightly leaning, leaning towards bad weather than good. Um, there's a couple of like trickles of rain during the um, during the wake. People don't seem to mind too much. Uh, a couple of people spill into the greenhouse with the um, the party, um, like like the like the kitchen of a of a house party. Uh, people mill into the greenhouse to get out of the rain, and then when people are dancing, they're out in the rain, not really caring. All right, with 67% of the vote, Apis decides to ask Briar if it's okay to sleep with them, uh, sleep at theirs tonight. Careful of the wording there. <laughs> um, so you approach Briar towards the end of the night, and Briar's a little bit wasty. Doesn't take much, she's only two feet tall. Um, 
and you say like Are you you're uh, sleeping in back at your place tonight and she says yeah i'll be yeah i'll be sleeping in mine i got no i'm not gonna sleep here, here am i you say no i imagine not do you, can i um can i sleep uh at your place as well and she says yeah of course you're you're always welcome at my house, Apis. If you if you are, if you're ever passing in the in the woods, even if you're not even if you're in the town and you want to not be in the town, you can just come to my 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 house. It's fine. Yeah, it's a walk. But if you don't want to be if you don't want to if you don't want to be in the woods in the uh, in the if you want to not be in the woods, you I mean your my house is in the woods, but like you know what I mean. Like I'm not in the. If you want to go to sleep inside the wood in the tree and you'll be safer then you can do that anytime apis you see yeah of course <laughs> thank you briar uh and you uh you you will escort briar home um uh, and and once again for the third time i think now you um you you find the huge tree that she sleeps in with uh the 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 sort of rotten hole at the bottom between the the roots you tuck your way in and you can see this like um this several uh, several tiered section that she's uh, she's made in the in- inside of this rotted out tree with a designated ranger for tonight yes getting mel and briar home yeah mel's like it was a good service apis wasn't that so much fun i had so much fun people were so kind and uh, there were so many people uh, who wanted to touch me, and it's fine. <laughs> but I was, uh, yeah, oh, those flowers, mm, they're delicious. I will, I will be sleeping a lot tomorrow morning. Um, so we sleep uh, at at Briar's place, making sure that everybody's safe throughout the night. Um, and in the morning, it is no longer your birthday, but you have a cake to pick up. <laughs> Uh, you have a cake to pick up to celebrate, and it is the start of a new day. For the people who are newer here, you may not be aware, but Apis has been through so much lately that you are at the level where you can level up. You have had enough experience that you can level up to level 6. However, that however that works in my, my games is that you have to take 6 days, so it's it's the it's the number of days of the level that you're going to become, you have to take six days of downtime uh, where you do nothing but train to level up. You can't do any sort of progression of story things. You can't adventure. You can't do any sort of resting for to get recover like uh, your lingering injuries and stuff. It has to be time that is solely devoted to leveling up. So if you want that to start today, we can do so. And then we've got six days of downtime and you will be you'll be level six. It's up to you. If there's other things to do, like picking up a cake is fine. You can do that as part of it. Um, traveling, traveling to Shadridge would would count as adventuring, and so that would not be a part of the level up. If you traveled to Shadridge today, you could level up starting tomorrow. So, what do you uh, what do you guys feel like? Um, do we want to? Can we level up by eating an entire birthday cake? Yeah. Um, all right, let's put this to a poll. This is definitely going to be more than just a thumbs in the chat. The, the question is, do we begin level up today here in Fondurg? There are pluses and minuses to this. Some people want to go back to Shadridge, um, the frontier town, where we've got um, uh, fewer people and uh, and we haven't been there in a while. We might want to check on Mosh and things. The downside to that is if we go to Shadridge, then, you know, there's always things happening in my world. If you If you ever take some time off, the world just doesn't stop. Things will happen. I've given you plot hooks 
left, right and centre, there will always be more things to do than you can possibly do. So there will always be things left undone. And those things will continue with or without you. <laughs> I knew my actions had consequences, but my inactions? What a persistent world. <laughs> yep, yeah, actions have consequences, your inactions have consequences. I like that. Would we be able to commission the bowler arrows before or during the level up? No, not uh, before you can, but not during. Commissioning arrows, commissioning particular arrows would count as adventuring. All right, 70% of the vote say yes, let's begin level up immediately. So today is going to be the first day of your six days of level up. We do need to collect the displaced cloak at some stage, yes. Uh, but yes, the uh, dragon scale braces will be at least two weeks away. I'm not fussed about getting any more special arrows. We've got near infinite arrows already, thanks to our new quiver. Cake and training with Briar and other PEA members, if they're willing. Fair enough. All right, so staying here in town to start leveling up, Apis decides in the morning when you wake up, Briar's making some uh, some breakfast. No, actually, she isn't. She was pissed. She's, uh, she's laying in. She's having a snooze. She's usually a morning person, but she's hungover. Um, so, so Briar... Briar's having a little bit of a sleep in when you wake up. Um, you go outside and find Mel, like, uh, upside down in a bush. Um, and, uh, and you... What do you, want to, what do you want to do for breakfast? Do you get anything in particular? You need to go pick up that cake at some point. Uh, you, start your, you start your level up. You have some uh, breakfast. You start to train. You decide... Apis decides that um, after so long in captivity with the dragon and just just a, just a non-stop uh, action-packed couple of um, couple of weeks, it's about time to just take some time to relax and to 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 train. Maybe to go out hunting again. Just stuff that you stuff that you haven't done in a while and you miss doing. So you leave Mel to sort of recover in a bush um, and uh, and you head north. You have some mushrooms. You have some of the leftover food from last night's wake for breakfast. Uh, you head north. You get into the town of Fondurg. Um, you approach the bakery that you got the the food from. You buy the um, you, you you buy your cake. How much is a cake going to be worth? Birthday cake. It's taken um, a couple hours to bake it this morning. Uh, what's a couple hours of? Let's see. Have I got have I got cake on my uh, on my on my list of food items? Um. I'm going to say it's going to cost you four silver. It's going to cost you four silver for the uh, for the cake. You happily pay it. There you go. You pick up a birthday cake. What does this cake look like, do you reckon? That's fancy. It's taken them quite a bit of work uh, to... to to the like honey is uh, honey's a little bit expensive and it looks like a bee they've yeah they've fo fo formed it into the shape of a bee um so it's taken them a bit of work the icing sugar the sugar isn't exactly cheap either um so medieval english style made from potatoes <laughs> it's a potato and honey cake it's three three tiers of deliciousness all right so you guys can make your own head cannons about what this cake looks like you head back to briar's place with the cake, you uh, by the time you get there, Mel is kind of buzzing around. She's got a little bit of, little bit of um, uh, wiggle to her, to her buzzing, but she's found, finding some flowers to uh, to sip some nectar from. Um, 
and you wake up Briar with some cake. You uh, you enjoy cake this morning and uh, and and talk about uh, your birthday um, and what you're going what you're planning to do. Briar asks what you're doing for the for for a while, and you say you think you're going to take some time to just train and relax and things. And then you begin your your day. You spend the whole day just training just uh, just just well this day is probably spent just kind of relaxing uh, and then you can start your training proper you head out into the woods maybe you do some arrow work some um, t- testing the uh, the limits of your your quiver a little more firing off arrows testing your your speed and agility at drawing and firing the day goes by without too much incident train with train with one of the knights train with joey you could try Mechanically, we get a new favoured enemy in language, new terrain we're good in. No, uh, Cat Foxy, we have chosen to multi-class into Fighter. Uh, that was a decision made earlier on uh, in, a, in, a, in a previous episode. We've multi, we're multi-classing into Fighter, and we're going to be getting a uh, second wind as a bonus action, and we trained in the unarmed fighting style, so that we, if, we're ever, uh, if we ever take our lost of our bow and arrows and things again, like we were during captivity, we won't be as... Um, we won't find it as hard to fight our way out. So during this day of training, maybe you're firing your arrows off, but you're also just like every so often you're just kind of like wondering how do I, how would I, how would I fight if I and Apis isn't proficient in fighting necessarily, so it's like they're not super good at it, um, but they're thinking about how to do that perhaps. While training, if we kill anything as a side effect, can we take any of that those dead animals to the soup kitchen? Uh, I'll say so. Yeah, Wraith, why not? You um you go out hunting today. You you kill an animal, something relatively small, um maybe like a a large hare or something, uh and you take that to the soup kitchen. You uh, you you donate that to the soup soup kitchen in town, and they are appreciative of it. That evening, however, when you go to sleep. Where are you going to be sleeping? You're going to be sleeping at Briars the whole the whole time, or is anybody uh, is anybody keen to sleep elsewhere? You're going to sleep out in the woods. You're going to sleep in the, in Fondog. You're going to sleep at Briars the whole six days. Staying at Briars sounds good. Most people say staying at Briars. All right, so we stay at Briars for the few days. Um, uh, Briar has work to be doing as well, so she's not always there, but she's perfectly happy for you to be there when she's not. Um, uh, she heads to the pen camp where Amgolshed. Uh, you're sticking around the woods. Um, uh, uh, and then maybe you're at the woods for uh, one or two of the nights of the six days, but for the most part you're at Briars. Regardless, during the night, you go to sleep, and you find that the day's activities are um, are replaying in your dreams. You're out in the woods, and you hear a uh, a noise behind you a voice that seems to be almost talking to themselves and you spin around and see that there is this creature following you it's it's hard to hard to tell form it's definitely humanoid it's definitely bipedal and standing upright but your brain is having a hard time comprehending what shape it is and what it is it's sort of one of those situations in a dream where it's like you were there but you were also my mother like how does that work um Eventually, though, seemingly settling on something, your brain decides that this creature that's following you is a dragonborn, a green dragonborn. And they're speaking to themselves. 
And they're sort of mumbling, you can't make out what they're saying, but they're just sort of standing and watching you. You call out to them why they're watching you. What are you doing here? You say things that you can't really remember what you were saying, you were just calling something to them. And then you realise you're not in a forest anymore. You're not somewhere where you were during the day. This is not memory of of things you've been through. This is a new area. You're in you're in a place that you haven't been. It's it seems like an indoor of in, indoor um, uh, establishment of sorts. There's a ring in the in the center of the room, like a boxing ring. And you're standing in it, and there's things around you uh, outside of the ring that look like training equipment. And this green dragonborn is standing nearby and looking at you quizzically. It seems like it's mumbling to itself uh, still. And then you wake up. The next day, you, uh, you remember partial parts of that dream. Some of it's um, fuzzy to you, but some of it's super clear. You're not exactly sure what it meant. But you spend the next day training as well. Uh, maybe this day you go and, um, uh, as some people wanted to, you go. You spend this day um, in in the town of Fondurg. You didn't hear what he was mumbling though. You um, you punch some trees for firewood, <laughs> Minecraft style. <laughs> You uh, let's see. Actually, I quite like that cat Foxy, and uh, it may, may have been a joke, but um, you do you walk into the, into the woods, uh, and you're you're starting off your firing arrows and things, uh, realizing that the quiver keeps replenishing the reg the regular looking arrows for you to a certain extent, um, and then you you're thinking a little bit more about about unarmed fighting now, and you're thinking about like what happens if you get if you get removed of your your um, your your bow and arrow again. And you kind of you jab at a couple of the trees um, and realize that oh that hurts like if I was to smack somebody in the face like a dragon scale person like a dragonborn or something and then the flashes of your dream come back and you remember oh there was a dragonborn in my dream what was he doing and then you're just kind of like jabbing at this tree you're not really yeah yeah you sort of just you spend a little time just kind of toughening up your hands a little bit you start bleeding from the knuckles and stuff but you cast yeah, eventually it gets to the point where you're pretty sure you've broken one of your fingers from how, how much you've been sort of practicing and training with this. Uh, but you cast cure wounds on yourself and the, you heal up the, the wounds and you, you continue on a little bit more. You've got six spell slots a day that you're not casting for anything else, really. Um, so you can just like toughen up your fingers on, um, on, uh, on, the, on the trees for most of today. Then you go to sleep that evening and you are almost immediately in a boxing ring of sorts and there is a green dragonborn nearby again he starts out as this sort of unidentified shape this this humanoid creature but almost immediately your brain solidifies him into a green dragonborn and again he mumbles to himself a little more than anything else only now he's standing in the ring with you. He's just kind of standing in the corner. He's sort of leaning against one of the corners on, on the ropes. You, uh... What do you want to do? You you have some semblance of interaction in this dream. Some of it is um, 
dictated as dreams are, but some of it you're starting to get a little bit more lucidity. You say, are you the merry gentleman? The, um, the Dragonborn definitely reacts in a way that you don't seem to... Uh, actually, let's let me make an insight check on your behalf here. Uh, dice cam on. Let's shift some of this. So I've got some space. Let's grab an Apis dice. Let's roll an insight check for you. 14. 14 plus your insight of 2 is 16. With a 16, you can... You can uh, recognize this reaction on his face as one of uh, shock more than anything else. Then after that shock, the Dragonborn doesn't say anything. He doesn't respond to your question, but he also doesn't mumble to himself anymore. He just stand, stands there and kind of... The, it, it, his, his shock turns into quizzical, uh, a quizzical look. Didn't expect to hear us speaking. It seems that way. He... It's difficult to tell Dragonborn expression with their significantly different facial features. But you'd swear that he curls his lips into somewhat of a smile before you wake again. On the third day, you uh, you head to town. You um, replenish some of your rations, perhaps, or your, I don't know, maybe you just feel like, um, feel like taking a stroll into town and... and Whatever you happen to be doing in town, you meet with Joey. Joey's one of the um, Joey's one of the uh, the the, the uh, Knights of Kavosna. He's also a Briden, a um, half human, half elf, <clears throat> a very attractive uh, young gentleman who's um, been uh, been rather nice to you, uh, kind to you. You uh, speak to Joey about like what you've been doing, and you just kind of, he mentions seeing your fingers a little bit swollen and uh, and you mentioned yeah i've been toughening up i'm just concerned that if i ever get removed from my uh, bow and arrow again i might not be able to do much um and he says oh, i can uh, i can teach you a few things i um I, I used to i used to box as a as a child um and you take him up on that you uh, you head with joey to a uh, a place in um in sort of the outskirts of fondurg uh, he takes you, it's his, uh, let's say it's, uh, he had the early shift, so he's finished by the time you get there. And, um, and so he, he says, oh, I'm getting off in an, an hour. Uh, why don't you come with me? Uh, you go back in an hour, you go with him to, um, to a building where you open the front doors. Uh, let's say, I'll have you roll a, I'll have you roll a perception check, see how much you notice about certain things. Let's go. Bruh. Uh, that is a seven. Seven plus your perception of uh, five. That's a twelve. That's not too bad. With twelve perception, you notice that on the way into this building, um, it looks like a relatively small. Uh, it's it's like a single story, but it's like a it's wide. It's wide and deep, but not very tall. Um, and above the door, there is a symbol that looks like that kind of thing. It's it's a symbol that looks like that. Two wrists crossed at the palm. Uh, two hands crossed at the wrists, with palms facing outwards, um, with fingers and thumbs curled away from one another. As he opens the door, there is an instant recognition from you. You've never been in this building, but it is quite clearly some kind of a gym. You see, standing in the corner, in the centre of it, a ring, a boxing ring. Around the outside is training equipment and a, uh, a boxing bag, a, um, what do they call them, a punching bag. 
what do you want to do? As Joey leads you uh, into the room and says, "Look, let's um, let's 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 uh, spa." He asks Joey, "Do you know any green dragonborn?" He says, "No, I don't think so. Uh, should I?" Say, "No, no, never mind." You approach the bag, show him the style to Joey for comment before sparring with him. All right, yeah, you do so. You walk over to the bag. You give it a few punches and Joey says, uh, just let me, can I just, if you don't mind? You say, no, please. He says, all right, uh, let me show you, show, uh, let me show you the, so you're, you're punching around and, and your wrist is broken and you need to have straight uh, from the middle knuckle down to the elbow, keep that straight and power comes from it. He gives you these, these tips and techniques as you're punching, keep punching forwards and through. Uh, you need to punch through and don't, you're, you're, hitting, you're stopping at the bag. You need to be punching the back of the bag from, keep the power all the way through it. And the power doesn't come from the arm, it comes from all of the body. Look, and you're coming through like this. Um, he's giving you techniques and it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's proving useful to you. Um, you ask him, uh, who runs this facility? Um, and he says, oh, this is, um, this is a temple to Panros. Um, I'm going to make a religion check for you, see if you've ever heard of Panros. Uh, let's mix it up. Let's use Apis's other dice. There it is. Ten. Ten plus your religion, uh, which would be a plus three for you. Uh, that's just a thirteen. You have not heard of Panros before. This is um, the acolytes of Panros uh, run this facility. I don't know exactly if any of them own it per se. Who's um sorry? Who's Panros? He says, "Oh, I don't. Um, he, he's a he's a uh, one of the war gods. Um, he's I one of the. I think he might be a lesser god. I'm, I'm not so sure exactly." He say, "Oh, okay." Um, he says, "Yes. Uh, let me roll up a, uh, a religion for Joey. See how much he knows about Panros. A oh, decent amount, more than you anyway." He says, "Um, he's um." Uh, he, he's a he's a martial artist, I suppose. He's he's sort of the god of uh, the war domain. He's um, the god of martial arts, boxing, and whatnot. Is he? Oh, okay. Is he a green dragonborn? <laughs> he says no. What's your obsession with the green dragonborn? You've asked me twice now. You say I just. Uh, do you tell him or not? Do you mention your dreams? We trust him. No, no reason not to tell him. See, I just, um, I'm seeing visions, uh, uh, last couple of nights I've had dreams of a uh, green dragonborn, and interestingly, this, and you point to the ring, it says, you've dreamt of this? See, yes, uh, green green dragonborn, um, Ben, he says, oh, I, I don't know the first thing about that, I'm sorry, maybe you're, maybe, maybe you're having visions, maybe it's, um, maybe it's Panros, uh, I, I don't know. Um, you spend the next little while though, uh, <laughs> the next little while just with, uh, he, he teaches you a bit more and then he says, all right, um, uh, now let's, uh, let's, let's move on to a moving target, shall we? And he, he picks up some boxing pads and he has you like punch and hit and he's blocking and stuff. He's teaching you a little bit of, um, a little bit of the, 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 the training that he can give you of what he needs to do. And then he kind of checks his, I was going to say checks his watch. He doesn't have a watch. Uh, he checks a, uh, there's a, there's a grandfather clock in the corner and he checks that and I, time, um, I have to, um, I have to be going. I've got, um, uh, a meal, uh, I've got meal plans, but, um, uh, you're welcome to stay here. The acolytes aren't in at the moment. Um, but whenever the doors are open, people are welcome to use it. 
Uh, so you stay for a little bit longer and, and train a little bit, and then eventually you need food yourself, so you leave and uh, and head to wherever you're sleeping, either Briars or in the woods near Briar. We practice on the bag with the planar ring, yeah, of course, right, be- right before leaving, um, uh, when you're in there on your own, you summon your planar warrior ability, you, you feel that crackling energy of your body, that, that goosebump kind of feel feeling. You s- summon it down your arm and into the ring, and then wham, you punch at the bag, uh, let's see how well you did, eh? Let's roll an attack, see if it's a crit or anything. 14 plus stuff will definitely hit enough to like cause damage per se. Um, at this point, you are not proficient in unarmed fighting, so it's just 1 plus your strength mod of 2. Uh, so 2 total. 2 total plus your planar warrior is d d8. Uh, 6. So 8 points of damage to this ring, uh, to this, this punching bag. Boom! It doesn't break the bag, but it definitely sends it swinging quite far as the um, uh, ethereal force is, is, is forced into the bag, sends it swinging. Um, you, you think, ooh, maybe a bit dangerous that. You uh, you look at where you've hit the bag and it's got like a bit of um, a bit of bit more wear to the um, the exterior of it. Before this, uh, before we leave, can we leave a copper coin on one of the posts of the corner of the ring? So we can check if the dream is this place again. Sure thing, you can indeed. You take a copper out of your bag um, and you leave it on the um, uh, on on one of the corner posts of the ring. Uh, it doesn't seem anybody else is in the um, in the, uh, the 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 ring tonight. Anybody's using Panros's um, training facilities. So you uh, you leave and hope that it's still there. Check your finger with the ring. The f- your finger's fine. It doesn't seem to have broken your finger at all because um, it, because of the magic of the planar warrior. It uh, the, the for people who aren't who haven't heard the description before, planar warrior turns the weapon that you're using into uh, an ethereal version of itself, and then just at the moment of impact, it it comes back into the material world, um, and and forces that magic energy into the into the target, so it didn't hurt your hand because your hand was ethereal at the point of impact. You head home, you uh, you have your, your dinner, and then you go to sleep. And in the dream, uh, you are back in the forest. And there is a... Um, uh, you, you're hunting, and you don't realise you're dreaming at first. Uh, but as you hunt, you are followed, um, and you realise that there's kind of like a, a, a feeling of being watched. Eventually, though, you see that what you're being followed by are fairies. There are a couple of them flit within range, uh, just out of sight, just um, uh, flitting between uh, between bushes, between trees, until you realise for sure that those were definitely fairies that you saw in the corner of your eye. And so you t- stand and, and stop where you are. Um, there's definitely kind of like really quiet giggling happening. What do you want to do? Are fairies good or bad? Both. And neither. Fairies, fairies operate on a different sense of morality. They don't really ascribe to uh, the mortal realm's versions of what good and bad means. You go to them, you approach them, you uh, call them out, and you say, look, I know you're there, I can hear you, uh, you're not being quite as sneaky as you think you are, uh, so just come on out, what's, what's going on? And one of them flop, uh, pops right up onto a leaf, and uh, almost as if they're completely weightless, they're just standing on the edge of a leaf, and they, the leaf barely bends under their weight. You can see that they are um, about a foot tall, uh, just just less than, probably about 27 centimetres tall. Um, they have dragonfly wings, they've got long black hair, 
it's always it, it, it's just like up in like a, a real big tangled mess with like sticks and things in it uh she seemingly is uh, is female female um, appearing uh, and has lilac uh, lilac skin just caked in dirt and berry juices and things her hair's full of dandelion seeds sticking out in all directions it falls down over her eyes making it harder to even tell what she's looking at uh, her eyes are swirling shades of deep emerald and sapphire and uh, and her eyes seem to match the uh, viridescent metallic sheen of her wings. She jokes. <laughs> Hello. And she speaks to you in Sylvan, a language you understand, a language of the Fae. She says, <laughs> Found us. <laughs> Here, have this. And she flies across to you. With alarming speed, she is right there up in your face. And she holds out a tiny little fairy hand. She's got it clasped around something. What do you do? You, what do you take it? Do you say anything? Do you back away? Do you try and swat her? <laughs> what do you What do you want to do? So, what is it? She says, "Take it." But what is it? It's yours, is what it is. You take your hand out. You put your hand out. <clears throat> she drops it into your hand. Uh, and it and it lands on its back and then quickly like flips itself over and scuttles because what she's dropped into your hand is like a, uh, a um, can't remember the type of beetle it is. She drops a beetle into your hand, kind of like a scarab beetle looking thing, um, but it's like a a, a black um, uh, a black shiny shell that's got like a bluish kind of a, a um, reflection in the light. It just kind of like scuttles around in your hand. <clears throat> And uh, and she says, "It's for you." You say, "Okay, thank you." And she says, <laughs> and then she flits around your head, goes tw twice around your head, and then darts back over and lands on the the leaf. You say, "Okay, it's cute. What do I do with it?" And she says, "It's a beetle." You're like, "Yeah, I know it's a beetle, but what what do I do with it?" She says. It's a be it's a beetle, and she answers it as though that like that should answer the question. Obviously, it's a beetle. You think okay, and then there's this uh, there's other kind of fluttering off to the left, like uh, out of the peripheral vision. You see this fluttering as another uh, another um, uh, fairy uh, takes takes up and lands on the um, on a, on the the branch. This one is a lot uh, larger than uh, the the previous one that you're looking at. The one that you're looking at seems to be um, seems to be more of actually you have you know quite a bit about fairies don't you because your mother was really interested in the fae uh, so I will roll you a nature check and see if Apis knows the difference between the two fairies that they're looking at uh, hello oh 16 16 plus your nature modifier which would just be straight intelligence uh, so 19 total with a 19 total um, you hit back onto the stories of your childhood your mother was obsessed with the Feywild um, and Fey and fairy creatures and things and told you a lot of fairy stories which is why you can speak Sylvan in the first place she taught you it uh, and in your childhood you've also um, met a couple of fairies when they almost um, they almost were uh, they almost left your friend 
um, your childhood friend um, in, in a bit of dire straits. They had her dancing, uh, and she probably would have danced herself to death if you hadn't come, come about. But with a 19, you can immediately recognise that the one that came across and gave you a, 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 a beetle, she's probably a pixie or something similar to a pixie. Whereas the one that comes up and stands on the ledge beside you is probably a legitimate uh, true fairy, as they're known, a true fairy. Um, he's a little larger. Um, he's he's a little bit more humanoid. Uh, he's still relatively small, barely over a foot tall, but he's just like a little stockier. It seems like his wings are... Um, they must have magical quality to them because of his uh, his structure. It doesn't seem like his tiny little brittle... Um, uh, uh, um, what's the word? Crepe paper. His crepe paper-like wings uh, probably wouldn't be enough to hold his body up if it wasn't for that. Um, he stands there, uh, or they, this this creature that doesn't seem it doesn't seem to dress quite as um, identifying for its gender as um, as the first one does. Um, this creature stands there and um, and says uh, it, it, they have long black hair and translucent gossamer blue and purple robes on. Uh, they have um, uh, their 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 crepe paper like wings are much more resembling that of a moth, like greyish kind of furry kind of texture to it. Uh, and says um, the uh, the beetle is uh, important in a way that we can't explain to you yet. Uh, and you say, oh, sorry, who are you? And he, he says, um, I am Trinket. What is your name? You say. Uh, Hmm. Do you tell him his, tell him your name or not? He say, um, you can call me friend. He says, well, friend, um, we have been sent to uh, give you a message and the beetle is part of that message. But we have been uh, specifically instructed not to tell you of its purpose. And Exilia, uh, well, I'm giving it away now. Exilia says, um, uh, but you can work it out. <laughs> And you see that Trinket kind of rolls his eyes a little bit um, and then says, um, we are working for a, a gentleman that you may know. And, uh, and well, and you say, did the merry gentleman send you? And he says, that is one of his names, yes. He says that he is disappointed that you have not arrived uh, to, to train with him yet, but... He says that he is uh, he is welcome he is willing to have you whenever you see fit to uh, to find him and seek him out. He is too busy to approach on his own right now. How do I um, how do I keep this beetle? Isn't it gonna try and escape? And trinkets uh, and and um, uh, uh, the other fairy goes. Um, <laughs> That's part of the fun. <laughs> Find it. Keep it. <laughs> it's going to get away. You got to get it. And Trinket says, no, it is not going to get away. It is going to stick. Don't spoil it, she says. It is going to stick with you. Uh, you just have to. It will always be on your person. You can try and get rid of it. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> you ruin everything, she says, and then does like a little backflip off of her leaf and just <laughs> down into the undergrowth behind uh, beneath. He says, look, uh, I don't have time for her games, so just do what you need to do. And then he whoosh, disappears as well. He does a similar sort of a back swan, a backwards swan dive whoosh, up and off of the leaf and then whoosh, disappears into the um, undergrowth. 
Can you inspect magic on it? Yes, you don't have detect magic and you uh, are not proficient in arcana, but you can certainly try an arcana check on it. So now this beetle is kind of just like still just making circles around your, your hand. Um, is there a place for us to travel to the Feywild? It's not something we know. Uh, you've, you, as a, as a horizon walker, you have the ability to detect portals. So, uh, you can once per day make a, you can sort of attune yourself to nature and see if there's a portal within a certain radius of you. I think it's like a mile or something. Um, uh, and you've done that once before and found a portal. You don't know where that one left, uh, led to, sorry, sorry. Um, and you've done it another time and found a portal which went upon investigation you discovered was a portal to the plane of air. So you don't know, the, 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 the first portal that you found may have been a portal to the um, to the Feywild or it may have been a portal to hell, like you, you don't know. And those are the only two portals to other planes that you've ever met, that you've ever uh, experienced. You look down at this bug, uh, let's roll an arcana check for you, see if you can understand any of the magic on it. Uh, hey, 16 again. This dice is doing well for us today, this little gem dice. Uh, 16 plus your arcana of 3, another 19. With a 19 you can tell that this is definitely, obviously quite a magical bug, in that it's not acting like a normal insect would. You've spent your whole life in a forest, you know, you know how bugs tend to scuttle away from predators and things. This one is just happily just doing circuits on your hand. Um, other than that, you can't tell any of the magic of it. It's not like inscribed with magical runes. It's not giving off like a glowing energy or anything. It just looks like a regular bug. It's just not acting like a regular bug. <laughs> In Sylvan, we say, sup, and then it stops doing circuits and looks up at us. It's little, uh, it's little like head piece tilts a little bit and its antenna look up towards you. You say, um, what does it eat? There's no response from the uh, the now hidden fairies. But it's not long before poof, the dream fades in a, a haze of green mist and it is the morning already. It didn't seem like you were asleep for very long but it is the morning. Um, you are starting the next day um, of, of level up. This is the fourth day. As you wake up, you check your belongings. Uh, you don't see a bug anywhere. Let's roll an investigation check to see how well you look for this bug on your person in your belongings. That is a 10 plus your investigation of three. With a 13, you do not find this bug. Apparently it, it only existed in your dream, it seems. Ask Briar if she knows what beetles eat. You say, um, excuse me, Briar, just as she's waking. Uh, yes? Do you know what beetles eat? She says, oh, uh, beetles eat all kinds of things, depending on what the beetle is, really. There's um, there's all kinds, like ladybirds uh, eat um, aphids and other other sort of smaller insects. And uh, and then there's there's dung beetles that eat uh, that eat fecal matter. Um, uh, there's all kinds of different beetles. And they all eat different things. But usually they're decomposers. They'll eat rotting vegetation, wood sometimes. Uh, wood lice, of course, eat wood. Um, you've, you've got uh, dirt, ones that just eat dirt and... and uh, uh, and filter that. They've got fungus beetles, and you describe the beetle to her for reference. All right, let's uh, let's see how well you do at describing it. Let's give you a. You're not seeing it this morning, so you've just got the dream for reference. I'm just going to do an intelligence check, see if you can remember details about it. Let's go with that one. Pa. Eight. Eight plus your intelligence of 11. Uh, you do a, an okay job, but it's not a perfect description. You just kind of describe, it kind of looks like a, it was about that big 
and it's blue. She says, "Was was it around here?" And you say, "No, no, it was um, in my dream." And she says, "Oh, it, well, I mean, you, your brain could just be making one up. Then it might not be a real beetle." You say, "No, I, I've got reason to believe it's a real beetle." You say, okay, well, um, I don't know of that one. And you say, "Well, it's blue. It had like a bluish sh- sheen to it, but it was kind of like a black, shiny, dome-like shell." Um, she knows a lot about animals. Let's see if she recognises it from your description. Given that you got an eleven, that sets the DC. Okay. Uh, hey, she 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 got it. She um she says, oh um. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. But I've only ever read about them in books. I've never seen them in this part of the world. Uh, they definitely don't exist in this forest. I can tell you that much. So as far as what they eat, I'm afraid I wouldn't know. Also, the um. The, st- the name of them are uh, eluding me at the moment. The 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 Wayfinder Beetles or something. I think they're called. Do they um? Do they have a specific connection to the Feywild that you're aware of? She says I, I don't, I don't know. I'm afraid I, I don't, I don't know them too much. I, I don't really remember uh, anything about them. She she rolled well enough to remember what they were, but not uh, like high enough to. She didn't like if she'd have gotten that twenty, she might be able to remember more about it. Try calling out for it. You uh, you call out for it in Sylvan. What are you saying, Beaker? Saying something in Sylvan, just like here, Beetle, Beetle, Beetle. You say, Beetle, are you there? You call us out in um, in uh, Sylvan, and coming out from the inside of your uh, your robes, somewhere that you definitely would have felt it if it had been there before, a little uh, little blue beetle crawls up your neck and you feel it and oh, you kind of just instinctively brush it aside and it brushes off of you and lands on your forearm and then starts crawling crawling its way to your palm and does like a little circuit in the, in the corner of your palm uh, the centre of your palm rather uh, and Briar says oh, oh okay maybe not just in your dream and you just like hold it out to Briar and it's kind of just like walking around in circles Wow, she gets uh, real close and is fascinated by staring at it and watching. Okay, it's real. Get Mel to talk to it. Find out what it can tell her. Why, why Mel Sparrow? You can, um, you can speak Sylvan. Oh, because it's an insect and she can speak to insects. She, she can't like speak to insects. She can just command them. She can make swarms of them and stuff. Captain Jack's magic compass, maybe. You say to the beetle in Sylvan, do three circles and stop if you understand me. And it circles around your palm once, twice, three times, four times, five times, six times. This time it doesn't seem quite as random movement. It's not, it's not following an exact pattern around your hand. It's still, it's for the most part, going clockwise around your palm. But it's not taking the exact same route every time. And it's kind of stopping and it's, its antenna are going a little bit every time. But it never stops in one place for very long. <laughs> so it can't count. Yeah, it can understand us, but can't count. Maybe it's linked to emotions. Do we recognise a pattern? Not particularly, just that it's just that it's turning for the most part clockwise. So on this fourth day of training, what do we want to do? Do we want to uh, focus on second winding or more of the... Um, more of the hand-to-hand stuff? Do we want to go back to the the uh, the gym with um, uh, with Joey? See if Joey's got a day off, uh, or do we want to go out into the woods and start punching some trees again? Do we want to try and understand what this pe- beetle is? The beetle is part of the level up, so um, uh, so I'm allowing for you to use some of this. 
Beetle, Beetle, Beetlejuice. Second wind, exhaustion training. Lucifreak in the sky with diamonds. Nice, Maddie Holmes. Nice. <laughs> Lucifreak in the sky with diamonds. There you go. You get inspiration for that. Um, <laughs> can Briar Ritual cast uh, with Speak With Animals to talk to it? Yes, she can. Yeah, she uh, she she does so. She um, finishes the ritual of Speak With Animals and she tries speaking with this... Uh, this um, this beetle and says like um where are you where, where are you from what's your what's your name where do you what are you what's what's the deal here and uh, and the beetle sort of stops as it as she starts talking to it and then its eyes its antenna kind of move a little and she says it doesn't seem to be understanding me and you talk uh, she talks again and it just like continues walking around a little bit and then stops and looks at her. It's not giving me anything in return. It's not speaking to me. It's not acting like a regular... Let me just check something. And she digs down into the forest floor near where... Just outside of her house. Until she's found something to talk to. Some kind of woodlouse or something. And she talks to that. And it gestures back in certain ways. And then scuttles away. And she says... See, that worked. It's not... Like, insects are always very rare uh, rare in the usefulness um, when you speak with them there's almost little to nothing that they know uh, they, they know what's in the exact vicinity around them at that particular moment but they don't have memories per se they don't really remember where they've been or what threats there are and stuff they're, they're very instinctive instinctual beings um, but at least they tell me something They can, they can can I can get something from their movements this one doesn't seem to be responding at all but it understood Sylvan. Ask it to go counterclockwise. You say in Sylvan, you say to it, um, "Can you move counterclockwise?" And it looks up towards you with its little antenna moving, and then it just keeps walking, and it keeps walking in the clockwise direction. I vote we explain to Briar about our trip to the Feywilds and how we keep dreaming about the Merry Gentleman having given this beetle. She's been to the Feywilds. She's trained there. Might be able to tell us more. So she, you, you tell her this. You say um, uh, all of that. We've been to Feywilds in our dream and stuff, and uh, the Merry Gentleman there in Archfey, yada yada. And she says, "Oh, well, I would say then that this has probably been presented to you as a as a a way of finding your way to the Feywild." Um, I don't know a lot about the Feywild because uh, I have been there once, but I forgot a lot of it when I came back. There's there's not. Um, there's there's a there's an enchantment on the Feywild where if you come back from it, um, you are unlikely to. And you say, yeah, actually, the first time I met the Merry Gentleman was something I didn't remember until much later, um, when he deemed it appropriate to tell me that we'd already met, uh, because he took my memory from me when we came back. She says, oh, it might not have been him taking a memory. It might have been the plane itself. Um, it's a strange phenomenon, um, one that I don't fully understand. It's a wayfinder beetle. Maybe ask us. Uh, maybe ask it to show us the way. You say to it in um, Sylvan, um, "Can you show us the way?" And it like looks up with its antenna moving towards you, and then it just kind of just stares at you. It doesn't keep moving again. It just stands in your in your palm and doesn't move. Show me the way to Shadridge. 
Again, it doesn't move. It just kind of stares at you with its antenna moving. Can you lead me the way to the nearest Feywild portal? As soon as you say that in Sylvan, its antenna flick away from you. It starts walking along your finger and just stands on the tip of your middle finger. You can only do specific things. Seems like that. Turn around 180 degrees. You turn around. As soon as you start to move your finger, it crawls down your finger and up your thumb. And then as soon as you keep continue moving, it crawls down that and along your forearm and to, towards your elbow. It is constantly pointing with its little antenna in a particular direction. You turn around, it goes up your arm and onto your shoulder, and it's like looking at the back. You turn all the way around, it comes down this shoulder, along your forearm and out onto the middle finger of this hand. Can I call you Thomas Thomas? I don't know what the reference is, but it doesn't respond. We extend our cloak map on the ground and put it over it. Maybe it does something there. Definitely a good idea, Sasha. You can try. You take your uh, your cloak off, which for people who are new to the channel uh, is a cloak of many fashions. Basically, while you're wearing it, you can think of what it should look like, and it will look like that thing. Um, and previously, you have seen like a little map of the local area around the Lannis Woods and Fondog, um, and you have put that map onto the inside of your cloak. So you take that off, you put it down with the inside facing up, um, so it's like a map of the area. You put the beetle down onto that, as soon as you put your finger down onto it, uh, it, it does not get off of your finger, it just sort of stays on your hand. It doesn't get off of your finger and onto the uh, onto the cloak. You try and like, you try and scoop it onto the cloak, you try and force it onto the cloak, it just keeps moving around and up, up your hand and away from wherever it was. A GPS brand is called a Tom Tom. Ah, gotcha. Tom Tom. Thomas Thomas. <laughs> nice. I guess we might go about a kilometer in one direction, see if the beetle points and have a rough estimation of where it should be. You can do so, but I will warn you that if you start to follow this beetle now, that is now starting to get into the realm of adventuring again, and you will have to uh, you'll have to put a pause on your leveling up. This will no longer count as training towards a level up if you start to follow this beetle. Ask it, can you show us the way to the Merry Gentleman? It comes back to the centre of your palm, and it starts to do a little circuit, it stops and looks up at you, and its eyes start to wander like this. Doesn't seem to respond to show us the way to the Merry Gentleman. Show me the way to Amarillo. Every day I've been hugging my pillow. have to restart the leveling up wouldn't we not just pause uh probably yes restart more cake it is then <laughs> moving 360 degrees see so always points in the same direction yeah that's what i described before della uh, it always points in the same direction it says beetle boy to pause we'll come back to it giving him some lunch um so as soon as you say like um all right uh, oh good good one spates you say can you show me the way to the air air realm it moves from your palm uh, out along your thumb in a different direction to uh, where it was pointing before. The rough direction that it was pointing on your finger, the direction it was pointing uh, cardinally was to the north, roughly. Um, the one uh, that it is now pointing is more northeast. You want to have the beetle pointing forward to the Feywild and then use detect portal. Uh, okay. Uh, good idea, uh, Tree of Dave, and you can do detect portal once a day, so why not? You, um, you, you have it, you, you, it's along your thumb pointing in a different direction you say um 
uh, show me the way to the Feywild and it turns around and whoosh, up your finger um, and then you use your ability to detect portals that you've used like twice before in the entire time that you've been a Horizon Walker <laughs> um, you, you focus in on the energies of the universe uh, the, the, particularly the force magic that is everything that create uh, the, the, the magic that is fundamental to all other magics and let me look up the range on it because this is going to be important i believe it is a, uh, a mile but let me just double check that as an action you can detect the distance and direction to the closest planar portal within one mile of you you can't use this feature again until you finish a short or long rest so it's not just once per day it's once per short rest even um it's anywhere within a mile but I think I have said before, and I'm going to say so again now because it makes sense to me, that I'm going to tie this in with your natural terrain, your favoured terrain feature to get, to make favoured terrain a little bit more useful as well, um, where it has the same effect. So with your favoured terrain, it, what it means is that you can say like, are there any undead within X number of feet of me? And you can say up to a mile. But if you're in your favoured terrain, it can go up to six miles instead. And so I'm going to say that detect portal acts in the same way. If you were in your favoured terrain, uh, you can you can extend that range out to up to six miles. So you detect portal and you think about it uh, whether there's a portal within six miles of you, and there is a portal. It says you gain the ability to magically sense the presence of a planar portal. As an action, you detect the distance and direction to the closest planar portal within a mile of you, or within six in this case. So the portal that you detect is in the northeast, in the direction that the um, the beetle was pointing when it was on your thumb when you asked it about the plane of air. And you happen to know that from Fondurg, the direction to the the portal that you know of in the um, uh, in the in the Lannis Woods, uh, the portal to the plane of air is that direction, and it's within six miles. Can we ask it the direction to any of the Hell equivalent planes to see if it points to Fondurg? Um, you can, let me think, I didn't finish fully starting out with this beetle and what it can do, so let me think if I want to put limitations on it. I think it should be a per day thing, so let me check if it's not run out yet. Um, you ask it this and it doesn't seem to respond, it comes back to your palm and just kind of like circles. So either there's no plane, um, there's no plane of, um, there's no portal to the lower planes, or it didn't uh, didn't respond to you for whatever reason. The Fey plane is further away than the plane of air. That's what you get from it. Yes. All right. So, for the sake of brevity and moving the story along, um, eventually you've sort of practiced a few different things with this beetles. You've tried a few different things. Um, eventually, it disappears uh, up your arm, and just disappears into your um, into your uh, armor underneath your armor somewhere and you don't feel it once it's gone inside it doesn't seem to be like tickling your skin or anything you spend the rest of the day training what are you what are you training train training some boxing you're just going to punch some trees again or are you going to the boxing ring all right so you um you you uh let's say that you for this day you can go to the boxing ring tomorrow. So for this day, you you uh, you, you train against the trees. <laughs> you're in the woods. You're you're practicing um, what uh, you're practicing what um, Joey was teaching you about, like keeping your hips squared on and whoosh, punching from the chest rather than from the the arms. 
like bringing your your power behind it and all of this stuff um and then you kind of like duck back and and try some of your kicks your kicks are awful though you're not you're not you know you've not got any training with your with your legs yet but wham wham you sort of bring into the trees and you start <coughs> right up against the the elbows like practicing like you know just toughening up your skin around here you um you, you cure wounds on yourself a couple times uh <laughs> did joey teach us how to break our pinkies all right that is gonna be a disinspiration um, so you smack smack against the trees you're trying your best to just like toughen yourself up elbow strikes um, using cure wounds on yourself whenever you get a bit messed up <sighs> eventually though you're out of you're out of cure wounds um, and you, you, you're, you're still just in, intent on training a little bit more you blood yourself up a bit and then <sighs> you kind of you're getting a little bit out of breath but you think no if I'm in a situation where I'm fighting for my life, I'm going to have to keep going. There's just this, there's this energy that takes over you that you feel like I could, I could keep going. I can keep going. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to keep going. And you find a second wind and you, <laughs> you manage to dig into this tree back a little bit more. Um, and eventually you, uh, you get, you, you get to the end of the day and you've you've done like a decent amount of training today. You've like properly blooded up your hands and healed them over and over again and you're starting to feel like they're a little bit um hardier, a little bit a little bit more durable. But you've still got a lot of technique to learn. <laughs> um near the end try with a planar ring again. Yeah, right towards the end of it you summon that planar energy down into the ring and you smash a big, huge, like, chunk of wood off of the tree that you're punching. It splinters off to the side, and you see a few wood lice uh, come out of it. You go to sleep, and you are almost immediately awoken um, by somebody shaking you, and you realise that you're in a ring with a dragonborn who is punching you and pommeling you in the chest. You're already standing upright. You you don't remember how you got here. It's almost like you were woken up, but you realise instantly that you're sleeping, and the dragonborn is going to town. He is just absolutely pommeling your body. <laughs> just unarmed, unarmed, just absolutely laying into you. Uh, what do you do? Do you mind, sir? I was sleeping. How rude. Arms up. Arms up. You fight back. All right, let's see what you can do. All right, here we go. Three. Bam! You get punched hard in the face. You go down. Whack! Uh, he steps back. He doesn't see, continue pummeling you as you uh, have gone down. He steps back. He waits for you to get up. You put a hand to your, uh, to your nose where you're pretty sure there should be blood. There's not, no blood. 17. Kind of cocked, but it would have landed on a 17. 17 plus stuff. When you stand back to your feet, however, you're feeling more warmed up. You're feeling more ready for it. He, uh, as soon as you're back on your feet, as soon as you're like standing upright again and seem to have your own balance, he doesn't wait. He just comes in with another big swinging. Um, uh, it's sort of like a right jab. He's coming towards you. You duck out of the way almost instinctively and he just misses your face. And using that moment, he's opened himself up. You bring your right arm in and just dig right into his ribs. Whack! Um, you feel it hit pretty hard uh, and whoosh, he knocks to the side he speaks to you in a language that seems almost like he's singing to you you do not understand it um, you take a step back you're a little bit off put by that it definitely wasn't draconic and not what you were expecting from him 
you you yell to him in draconic, "Who are you?" And he doesn't seem to respond. He just kind of smirks, and then he pulls out a jab and he hits you. Uh, he wasn't you weren't expecting it. He just jabbed really quick and smacks you in the face. You stumble back a little further. Let's make another couple checks here. Uh, 13 and a 10. You are not yet proficient in unarmed strikes. I mean, technically you are, but for the sake of drama, you're not. Um, you bring in a, a kick, but because you're not trained in your kicks, he just grabs it and spins your foot around and you almost feel something crack in your leg and you go down. Wham! This time he doesn't leave it as you're down. He comes in and wham! Slams you in the chest with a, with a, a, a kick. Uh, it almost knocks the wind out of you. But you manage to bring your arms up against further kicks. He doesn't do anything further, though. He just steps back. He waits for you to again stand to your feet. And then he comes in for another attack. Uh, as he comes in for another attack, you shout, um, Are you Panros? Um, and uh, I'll have an insight check from you. Ooh, 18 plus stuff. That definitely will be enough with an insight. Uh, that you kind of notice this kind of uh, cocked brow almost it's hard to tell with draconic faces but you see this this sort of cocked brow a little bit of curiosity in the head a sort of sm side smirk it stops him for like a brief moment and then he keeps coming uh, and he's gonna b bring in a another left jab for you he managed to block it but you feel the power as it blocks it against your arm it almost feels like it's almost broken one of your uh, your your forearm bones you uh, you reach out instinctively try and grab him let's see how this goes uh, nine and a two. Ugh, not very good at all. Uh, you are you are getting a beating and you're starting to feel it. You're not bleeding. You're not bruising, but uh, it's still feeling like you're getting it. Um, he he. Uh, you try and grab him. Instead, he reverses it. He knocks your hands to the side, brings his hands around and grabs you with his draconic claws around the upper arms, and then he brings in his head. Wham! And he slams his draconic scales into your face. <laughs> You are just almost knocked out entirely. Your your legs go limp and your knees hit the ground. Is there a baby? Yeah, there's a baby in the ring as well. There's a baby downstairs. We've got friends visiting. Uh, your knees go your knees go weak. You go to the ground and now that you are uh, at sort of hip level, he brings his knee up and just crack right under the chin, and you fall down. And as your body hits the ground, you wake up. It's the middle of the night. What do you want to do? Guessing we didn't have the chance to check for that copper. No, not in the middle of a getting your ass handed to you. Go back to sleep for round two. You grumble about the gods and their poor communication skills. I wonder if anyone's at the ring right now. You could get up in the middle of the night, go into town and see if anybody's at that ring. But that is the danger of, um, of being in Fondurg after dark. Get a drink of water to calm ourselves, go back to sleep. All right, so you get a drink of water. Oh, bone dice, this might be a good idea, Kelso. What would you ask the bone dice? Drink water, go back to sleep, fight him again. Should we pray, giving thanks for the opportunity to learn? Could do. Do we feel rested? You don't feel like you've been beating the shit out of. You feel like you're rested. Like you feel like you're not fully rested because it's the middle of the night. Dear bone dice, what the fuck was that? <laughs> If we go if we go to Fondurg, we can leave most of our stuff here. Yeah, could do. Who's in Who's in favour of going into Fondurg to check the um, check the fighting ring right now, middle of the night? Yes. No. Is the Dragonborn fighter a god? Is that is that that's what you want to ask the Bone Dice? Possible. All right. 
no people uh, i want to see the ring but no overwhelming no overwhelming no uh, apis does not feel like getting up walking all the way into fondurg potentially risking getting mugged and things and then uh, everything else all right so ask the bone dice something yes or no in the chat yes or no ask the bone dice uh, like was that was that panros is panros trying to tell me something whatever you want to ask Yes, I know. Ask the Bondi something. You haven't asked them anything today, so you're guaranteed a truthful answer. Whether you can interpret it is another question. Check your body for marks. You check your body. There's no marks on your body. Not Nothing except for what you'd already had from the previous night of like um, busted up fingers and things from, sh from pummeling the tree. All right. It seems like, yes, we are going to ask the Bondi something. What are we going to ask the Bondi? Something to do with Panros, something to do with the Merry Gentleman. What are we going to ask the dice? Is the Dragonborn fighter in my dream Panros? Is the Green Dragonborn in my dreams Panros? How specific can we get? You can be as specific as you want. You are more likely to get a an interpretable answer if it's a yes-no question. Because all the dice can tell you are visions of good things and bad things. Is the entity answering a fae? In the dream we just had, does the Dragonborn represent the god Panros? All right, there's a bunch of people saying about, uh, uh, hello, Panros, it's me. Uh, hello, god. Are you there, god? It's me, Margaret, right? Hey, hello, Panros, it's me, Apis. Um, okay, yeah, people are saying uh, a lot of the same things, like uh, the, the the dream, is it is it Panros? Um, you take out your bone dice, you drop them as they bounce, you get visions of, um, you get visions of. Let's see. You get a vision. You you get the taste of your birthday cake from the previous uh, previous couple of days that you finally finished, um, uh, which was a delicious honey, um, a honey uh, taste. Uh, you get visions of the wake, seeing uh, Mel having such a good time, um, uh, dr uh, drinking and getting drunk and things. You get the sound of uh, laughter and music being played. It is as each dice hits and bounces, you are you are given a different vision, a different sight, a different sense, um, uh, and they are definitely you get you hear a puppy uh, yapping f uh, in a in a fun way. Um, you are definitely given a a sense of wheel from the bone dice. It seems from that you can interpret it how you like, but. Uh, it seems you get a sense of wheel from the visions of, of asking is is the dragonborn in our dreams panros all right um you go back to sleep yes or no does everyone get visited by gods on leveling up or are we cursed or special you'll have to you have to find out won't you <laughs> um are we getting the attention of a lot of, we are getting attention of a lot of gods yes seems like it uh, so was it yeses to going back to sleep? Yes, 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 yes. It was mostly yeses going back to sleep. <laughs> this part of Apis's mind gonna go piss. <laughs> Apis, Apis gets up out of, out of bed after rolling the dice, goes out into the forest, finds a bush, does the business, <laughs> goes back to sleep, gets the water skin, um, and then tries to get back to sleep. You um, you got a lot racing through your mind, but it, so it takes you a little bit of a while. But as soon as you are back to sleep. Uh, you are awoken almost immediately by the uh, the sensation of being grabbed from behind by the hair and yanked backwards and then an elbow coming round from above and smacking you right in the throat 
it's a hell of a way to be woken whack um but you are on your back immediately you see this creature standing above you again and this time your your uh, mind is going back to having slightly harder time of um of equating uh, what this creature is it's just like this humanoid bipedal two-limbed f- uh, figure um that is just beaten on you uh, but as you start to stand to your feet the the, the sort of shadowed uh, feet coalesce into that of the dragonborn again uh, and the dragonborn foot comes up towards your face uh, let's see if you can block it uh, oh 18 yes you managed to wham your your, your arms come across uh, and as they cross over to grab the foot you notice that you've almost um, maybe the, maybe the audience notices and apis doesn't really wham that you've kind of blocked the uh, the, the kick by using your hands like so Uh, you manage to get yourself up to your feet and then make some counter attacks Uh, 13 and a 9 not bad not bad you're getting closer Uh, it's only add one because of your strength you're not adding your proficiency really you uh, you smack you 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 stop the thing you get to your feet use kind of the momentum of him kicking you to push you up onto your feet a little Uh, and then he comes at you again you use your height to your advantage this time as he comes swinging, you drop low, you go in with your right shoulder and smack him right in the solar plexus, lifting him up off his feet, and then you go down, continue that momentum, and slam him down to the to his back. Um, you are on top of him. F- dang, fighters really earn their levels in this world. <laughs> or maybe you do. Can we disengage and escape? Can we misty step? Absolutely, yes. So you, um, you're on top of him. Wham! He brings his claws in and grab, d- digs them into your back and just kind of like holds you there. You feel them dig in. Um, and then as he's kind of grappling, he's trying to throw you over and get on top. Um, but as he does so, you see, you kind of like glimpse upwards that there's a dark figure in the corner of the room, uh, a figure in a white porcelain mask, and he's just kind of holding that mask on his face. This is a figure you've seen once before, and you realise that this creature has given you powers that you can use. You suddenly uh, misty step. You pass without a trace. You suddenly become a lot darker, shadowed, um, stealthier creature. You disappear out of his grasp and into the back corner of the ring. And as this um, this this Panros uh, seemingly stands to his feet in the back of the ring, he doesn't seemingly know where you are immediately. Not at first, anyway. So you rush in from behind. You lift up your your leg and you uh, Spartan kick him in the back of the knee. Boom! His knee goes down really hard. If he was not in a ring, it probably would have cracked his kneecap on the concrete. He goes down hard and his body starts to twist. So you use that momentum, grab him around the throat, and you've got him in a chokehold. You you use your body weight to just drop to the ground, and being that you're short but stocky as a dwarf, you've got quite a bit of uh, weight behind you. You pull him down, and now you are on top of him, and he is on the ground um, with his face down on the mat. And suddenly he stops, uh, stops fighting. He stops struggling. There is this... There's this kind of throat singing like quality to uh, coming out of his voice. He shouldn't be able to breathe from how how tightly you've got him in a chokehold. But before you even know what's happening, you are outside of the ring. You're still in this studio, um, in this gym, as it were. But you're outside of the ring and you're standing opposite him. No other f- figures in the room with you that you can see. He cocks his head again. Um, and then kind of smiles his draconic like smile he's definitely speaking to you he's speak he's saying things he's saying words that you don't don't understand but they're coming across in this angelic kind of way this 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 way this 
uh, sing-song rhythmic um, uh, definitely harmony to the to the voice uh, the voice that he's saying but you don't understand a word of it it's beautiful you bow in respect he uh, brings up his claws and does this this figure with it um, uh, and then bows in respect to you as well you, uh, you you at this point finally New York GM at this point you're finally out of being actively fought you glance across to where the um, uh, the corners of the ring are and you can see that there are no copper pieces on the corners of the ring could you say in? Could you could you repeat that in Dwarven Draconic or Sylvan, please? And as you say this, you uh, he, he just kind of like uh, he just kind of like smiles a little bit, uh, bows his head again, and then you are back in your bed, being awoken by um, the sound of frying food, as uh, as as Briar has gone out early this morning and found some eggs and is frying them up for breakfast. Starting your last day of level up, I think this is level uh, day six, is it? You did a day, uh, pretty much resting and eating cake, punching trees, training with Joey, yesterday with the beetle. This is the, this is day five? I think this is day five, actually. Uh, day five, what do you want to do? Do you want to um, train your second wind? Do you want to train your, uh, train your punching? Do you want to go train with Joey? Would a druid steal eggs? Mm-hmm. Druids got to survive. you got to understand. Druids are, are happy with the, um, the understanding of kill or be killed the food chain not taking more than you need but taking what you need hey Briar, I guess who just checked out a, a, choked out a god in a celestial show fight <laughs> you start you start bragging to Briar about it and she's like so so you've um, you've been given a a beetle by an arch fey in the fey wild and you've been visited by gods in your dreams and you just choked one out I think I'm happy that we're friends, Apis, and that we're not enemies, because I, I don't think I'd like to, to, uh, to be on your wrong side. You see, yeah, well, I, I don't know why they're interested in me, but it seems that they are. All right, so you run to the gym, cardio workout, and then punching training. All right, ring with Joey again, see if our style has improved. You head off to Joey uh, this morning. Let's see if Joey is uh, available to fight today he is he has got a job after all he is a, a knight of kavosna a specifically a gate knight oh good i give it a 30 percent chance and i got a 30 and a zero so exactly so you get there just as he's got time to uh, to have a break he's got like he's got like a a, a long lunch today um <clears throat> and it can take like an hour or two to uh, to go to the ring and train with you he says um it's been a while since i've um since I've done this much training, actually, I, uh, I I kind of gave up on boxing a little while ago, but it's quite fun to be getting back into it again. Um, you're getting better, he says, as you whack, whack. This is a remarkable improvement from uh, from the other day. You Have you been training all of yesterday? You say, um, no. Is the copper still on the post? Let me see. Has anybody been in and trained today and seen a copper on the post? Uh, the copper is not on the post, um, but looking around, you can see that it is just outside of the ring on the floor. So it seems like it might have been shaken off of the post at some point. Um, it wasn't taken by anyone, but it was on the floor. <coughs> hey, Joey, guess, guess you just choked out a god in a celestial show match. <laughs> just, just, just using it against everyone, just bragging to everybody. I just choked out a god, everybody. <laughs> You say, um, no, I wasn't training in the ring, but I was training in my sleep. And you tell him a little bit about what's been happening for you. 
and he's suitably impressed and and uh, a little bit thrown as you uh, manage to land a couple of hits on him. He says, "All right, um, let's show me what you got then, eh? Uh, let's let's train for real." He puts his pads down to the side and he says, "Let's do this," and uh, and and starts a, a boxing match with him uh, with you. He's not nearly as um, brutal or uh, or, or um, no holds barred as. Um, as as Panros seemingly was, uh, and also you do act genuinely bruise and bleed when when you're hit in the real world, uh, but you train with him for a bit. You you uh, use your second wind. You feel like you you reach a wall where you just can't go anymore. And he says, "I'm not going to let up. You've got to keep going. You've got to dig deep. You've got to find that extra energy to keep fighting when you need to." Uh, you're in the you're in the weeds, Apis. I'm a big dragon. I'm coming for you. You've got to you got to fight back. And he comes right at you, and you you almost got got no. But you dig down deep and you you bring up with a, an uppercut. It completely misses him because you're just kind of tired. But he knocks you to the side and he says, "That's it. Keep fighting. Keep fighting." And he keeps uh, keeps using uh, uh, keeps training you. Um, you go for a kick at one point though, but you 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 just don't have the technique. He easily sees it come and he grabs you by the leg and he spins it and knocks you to the ground and says, "Oh, we need to work on your legs. It seems that's enough. All right, um, I, I got to get back to work." But um, doesn't check his watch. Checks the grandfather clock. Says, um, it's uh, enough. Yeah, so you, you bet, better get back to work, but keep working on your technique. You need to start working on your legs as well. Let me give you a couple of pointers that you can be working on while I go. Um, and he takes you over to the punching bag and he says, give, square up hips, uh, legs to the side. And he, I, I don't know enough about it, but he gives you some like kickboxing kind of technique um, to, so that you can be working on. And then he, uh, he sort of like... Uh, he, he does this. He does this to you as he as he's leaving. He kind of like bows, gives you a symbol, um, and uh, can we hug him after as a thank you? I'm not sure Ips is much of a hugger in 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 the past anyway, um, and he's and you're both very sweaty. So uh, I think he just he just bows you, gives you, gives you this symbol, and then leaves. You uh, you also return the favor. You, you you bow. You give him the hands, um, and then uh, you keep working for the rest of the day. You you spend on kickboxing. You're trying to train up your uh, train up your unarmed striking, which is not just your hands and elbows, but also headbutts, knees, grapple checks, all of that stuff. Uh, this evening, as you go to sleep, um, you are kind of expecting, as you're lying down to sleep, you're expecting to be found in a ring um, uh, fighting, but there is no such ring. You find yourself in like a spring in a, clear, a, a clearing in a, um, in a forest. Uh, a glade might be a good word for it, yes. A glade with a, uh, a still pond in the in the center of this uh, this glade kind of like an oasis in a forest if that makes sense a spring let's say uh directly opposite this spring on a um uh sort of overhanging it almost willow like but without the willow like um uh drooping branches just this sort of outward leaning tree branch is this large almost oak like shaped tree uh, but it is vined up. Uh, there are vines all the way up the trunk of it, and each of the vines is growing um, a berry. Let's uh, make a arcana or medicine check. Your choice. I think arcana would be better for you because you're not proficient in either. Uh, so arcana would be a plus three, uh, fi eighteen. Fifteen plus three, eighteen. You recognise these berries as good berries um, growing on this um, on this on this tree opposite. Uh, now I'll have you make a religion check, actually. Uh, religion, you've not been rolling too badly today. That's an 11. 11 plus your 3 from religion. Um, that's 14 for religion. 
You recognise this as one of the symbols of Flonenshale, the goddess of healing. Uh, her primary symbol that people often use is a humanoid woman-looking thing. That she's, Her arms are outstretched, her upper torso is uh, almost turned into a tree. Um, all across sort of the torso and upper arms is, is very bark-like and branchy. Uh, surrounding her arms and, and head is the uh, canopy of a tree, all of the leaves, and her torso is wrapped in uh, vines with good berries growing on them. You see that this tree hanging over doesn't have the the, the body of a, a woman, but it is very clearly, um, evidentially, a, a symbol to Flown and Shale. There's no um, no god comes out, no no one comes to talk to you, no fairies flitter around. It is just calm. It is still. the The pool is quiet. You sort of stand here waiting for something to interact with you, some kind of god to sneak up on you, or some kind of uh, merry gentleman to give you some kind of um, indication that he's with you but you just eventually realize that this is this is all it is you sit and you just be you just exist and you listen to the sounds of the forest in the distance you listen to the birds chirping around you sit and relax and you um you pray you pray to Flonenshale. You do your best to just like give thanks to Flonenshale for the, the cure wounds that she gives you, the abilities that she grants you. You feel a second wind come over you. You feel like tapping into this pool of energy, this pool of resource, this sanctity that you have here, this 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 uh, otherworldly sanctuary will give you a moment of respite in an otherwise otherwise chaotic time you feel like in the moment no matter how dangerous and destructive and chaotic and adrenaline fueled your actions may be no matter how life-threatening you might be able to tap into the memory of this place and find within yourself the wind to carry on the fuel that you need to go another round You meditate, there's no response from Flon and Shale, there's no activity at all, you just sit. Time is meaningless here but it feels like hours, but you don't feel bored, you just feel content, quiet, rested. And eventually you wake. You feel like you have access to second wind now. I believe this is your final day of training. And finally you put it all together. You go out into the forest, you hunt with your bow and arrows, you train uh, your unarmed striking. You decide to try and see if you can take uh, an animal down alive with your grappling. Now that you've, fo you've focused on your, uh, your punching, your kicking, your striking, you now put a little time on this last day into grappling as an unarmed, as an unarmed fighting style fighter. Um, you have the ability to grapple a hold of somebody and cause them damage at the start of every round. So you focus on that. You, um, you find uh, an animal, let's say some kind of uh, wild animal of 
the forest in Great Britain. My go-to is always a boar, but I don't want to get boring with that. <laughs> boring. Um, you find an animal, a beast of some kind, and you and you manage to, uh, without your weapons, you manage to jump out of the way of like a black bear. Yeah, black bears I think used to be um, used to be um, native to the UK, didn't they? Before we hunted them all out. Um, you find a, a black bear and you you approach it and whoosh, you manage to uh, duck to the side, grab it whoosh, onto the top. You manage to get on behind, grappling onto it. Um, you feel confident in your abilities to handle yourself in a fight should it should the um, should the need arise in uh, in the future. Um, once you've sort of subdued this black bear and it's given up the the fight, realizing it can't scratch you off of its own back, you kind of climb off and push it away, and it scampers up and runs off into the forest. Um, you feel like you're being watched and you feel like there's sort of an approval like it's a it's not a you're being watched by someone who's going to mug you kind of feeling it's a it's a you're being watched by a proud parent kind of feeling you have another day for the dice yeah if you wanted to ask the dice something Pockfin, is the merry gentleman or shadridge in trouble as a way for transitioning into another story arc uh do we want to ask the dice anything on this last day or not this is the last day of your training. You've you've put everything together. You're finding like you uh, are proficient in fighting, uh, unarmed when needed. You know you know that you can channel your um, planar warrior into your unarmed strikes when needed. Ask the beetle about lower planes. You ask the beetle. Are there any? Um, uh, show me the way to the nearest portal to the lower planes of existence. It understands you. It crawls from your hand um, uh, out onto your fingers and then back in again and out onto each finger in turn. It starts crawling your way up its, uh, up your arm and nothing. Eventually, it just comes back to the center of your hand and just starts circling and uh, eventually sort of circles its way into the center of your palm and stops and looks up at you. On this last day, um, you uh, you get a, a weir portal to the lower plane? <laughs> No, you probably interpret it as uh, as there is no portal to the lower plains within six miles of you. You uh, you spend the rest of the day just just doing finalizing your training and things, talking with Briar about her plans, and then you tell Briar that um, you intend to at some point be back in Fonderg, But for now, you uh, you probably have uh, have things to be doing up north. You've got a cloak to pick up from uh, the four sisters. You have to check in on um, on Shadridge, see that everything's okay there. Um, and you prepare. You you have one last final night with um, with Briar. She uh, she cooks for you um, as as it's your final night in uh, staying with her anyway. I mean that's up to you really. If you want to continue staying in Fonderg, you can. But I know that enough of you want to go to Shadridge that that's probably the direction you're heading next. And as you level up, you become the next morning. Where is it? Apis's character sheet. Pew! Level six. You now have uh, unarmed fighting down in the features section. You now have, let's uh, level everything up here. Your health becomes, uh, what was it? I know I said I'd forget it if I didn't. It was 60. It wasn't the nice number, was it? How many, how much health have we got now? Uh, 62. Our max HP is now 62. There you go, our max HP is 62. We have uh, all of our hit dice back, of which we now have six. Beep, 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 beep. 
we have six maximum hit dice now. Our level is now a six. We're a level six character. There we go, look. Uh, our armor class is still 15. That doesn't change on level up. Uh, none of those things change. None of those things change. You can see the age has changed to 54. Um, anything else? Alignment is still chaotic. Good. I think that's everything, isn't it? Boom. We've got a new character sheet. Look at that. Woo. And also check this out. I haven't um, worked out where I'm going to put it yet because this, um, this screen is getting rather uh, messy, but we also have fighter buttons. Let me show you what they look like. Uh, fighter buttons. Let me bring them to the top and grow it large for you. So we don't yet have Action Surge, but I asked Spidey to make Action Surge just on the off chance that we ever take a second level in Fighter. I imagine we probably will at some point. Uh, so I've got them in the, mean in the meantime, but until, that, until we do take a second level, that will remain grey. But when we get it, they can go like that. And then when you use them, there you go, look. So when you've got your second when you've got your second wind, you've got it, and when you've used it, you've used it. Isn't that cool? How cool is that? Shout out to SpideyNZ, who is uh, a good friend of mine and an animator, and has made everything you see on the screen. All of this stuff is made by Spidey. All of these emo all of these things beneath beneath me. All of my emotes in the chat. SpideyNZ, shout out to Spidey for all of that, uh, and thank you for this this new fighter button. So I'm not sure where I'm going to put it on the screen. As I say, it's uh, it's quite a quite a busy screen at the moment. I might put it down here and change up this storytelling note. Remove that a little bit, maybe something like that. We'll find a way. We'll find a way. Life uh, finds a way. All right. So as you level up, you finish your um, you finish your uh, sixth night. Um, you eat your meal with Bri. You go into um, uh, you go to sleep. Uh, there's no major dreams this uh, this this last night. Um, and as you wake up, that's where we're going to begin next time. I'm not going to end on a cliffhanger for once. You guys can uh, choose what to do uh, between. Mel Mel will have leveled up as well. Mel, as your companion, will level up whenever you do. Um, but obviously, to work out what Mel's situation is, you need to uh, you need to talk with her um, next time, and she'll tell you what happened for her during level up. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. I will see you next time. Bye. That's all for this episode of Twitch Tales, but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision-making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do, and it notifies you when I go live, so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.